it's because there was a nervous breakdown in between, which we are forgetting. <laughs> I think we're forgetting the nervous breakdown. Yes. So this is Yelena with 23T, a podcast that dedicates itself to learning about the real lives of up and coming artists who are pursuing their passion as their career. This platform creates a community of creatives who share their stories to serve other arts workers. If you're striving towards your dreams, you're bound to learn something from this podcast on how to achieve them by creating your own opportunity. Feeling really overwhelmed and felt like I was kind of in a race where I can find myself, like find what I want to do, find if I like what I do. Maybe there will be five people at one of my shows, but maybe one of those five people needs specifically what I bring to the table. Like people feel safe to grow here and they don't feel judged. I'm okay with knowing that it's like a steady incline towards where we're trying to get to. You're broadening your own human experiences by just empathizing and connecting with people. I just have this thing where I need to get up and I need to do it. Just because you're a really great artist doesn't mean that you'll be successful in the industry because... I've had the cell phone shut off a couple times. I've had my internet shut off. I've had like an apple for dinner. Like if we can help people mm-hmm. and it's just like the idea of like just being kind. If no one's opening a door, do exactly what you've done with this podcast and go go make your own door. Okay, welcome back to 23T. Welcome back to the interview portion of the podcast. So I'm here with my friend Connie. And Hi. this is actually Connie is the first interview that I'll be having remotely since well, COVID started. So Nick and, yes. Um, if you've been listening, you know that Nick and I have been doing our me Mondays together. And I realized that these zoom calls really weren't that terrible of quality and wasn't going to be hard for people to listen to. So I reached out to Connie cause I talked to her before wanting to interview her. So this is our first zoom podcast COVID Midst of it's quarantine, a it's a um, I did want to sort of ask you that too before we like yes. go right into yes. just like what you do as an artist. But when was your like last, the last time you worked, or like how long have you been staying at home? Because I see your post on Instagram, and I'm yes. assuming that it, you've been at home because you're yeah. like day fifty four. We are um, keeping <laughs> a countdown. Yes, yeah. So it my first day of of. I mean, it's not even really quarantine because we're not, but like my first day of isolation distancing was May, uh, March 15th. Mm-hmm. March so, 15th. Mm-hmm. and now it's May, who Seven. even knows, May 100. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so yeah, it's been like just about 55, 54, 55 days um, of this journey. Yeah. And all I've done is like gone to get groceries, mm-hmm. gone for walks. Mm-hmm. Watch this, it, and that's, and that's been my whole time. My whole time. Was it really hard for you in the beginning, and are you sort of like adjusting now? Because lately, I've been hearing a lot of people be like, "I don't know what it is, but like my mind has adjusted to this way of life." And I'm 100%. like, "So how? Like, sort of how did you feel right in the beginning, and how are you feeling now about it?" It's this weird thing that I felt like the first ten days were a hundred years. And I was like, I don't think I'm going to be able to get through this. I don't, like, I'm not going to survive this. Mm-hmm. And then once April hit, it was kind of like this weird time war that I just couldn't understand time passing. And then I'd be like, oh, <laughs> April 20th. But like, 
if someone would have told me you've been doing this for six months, I, I believe them. Or if they told me it had been three days, I believe them. Oh my God. So not that now I'm like, this is my new normal and I could do this forever. Like, it's not that it's just like, I, I could keep doing this if we needed to, mm-hmm. but I absolutely do not want to anymore, <laughs> but I've made enough okay. of a routine and like, there's a vibe happening that I could continue and like will clearly until things get like safe again. But it's definitely mm-hmm. been such a time warp that I don't even know. But you've adapted. On. Like mo- we've adapted. And- we've yeah, adapted. yes, yes. Um, yeah. And I was like something that I think too that was like really stressful for people in the beginning is this thing was so unknown and still is very like unclear as to exactly what it is, exactly what we have to do. Like people are just sort of like guessing here and there for little things. So I think it was really hard in the beginning for people because they were like, what about like paying my bills? I think that was people's first thoughts were like, "Uh, am I going to be homeless now? Yeah. And then I think as soon as curb was announced and people were like financially secure that they'd be able to, be bringing in at least 2000 a month. And then of course, like 4,000, if you're a two person household, people were able to be like, okay, well now I'm not having night sweats. So I can actually, you know, like I can actually wake up and like try to be a productive human being. But so the podcast is obviously for artists. And I just think of like, it's already hard to be an actor it's yeah. already hard to choose to go into that industry. And then now with this, especially like specifically I'm talking like film, television industry has sort of been put Hi. on pause. Also, yeah. yeah. Also any sort of live theater performance. Um, I know you do a lot of comedy because, but mm. I do want to talk about more about that with you because I've, since I've known you for like now a few years, my always impression of you or like what I knew that you were doing was always in comedy, but I don't think that that's necessarily true. It's probably just because anytime I would go see you in something, it would be like, oh, come to comedy bar or this. That was sort of what you were involved in was improv and um, in Second City. But I know you also went to university and that's where you met Nikki for, for theater, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So do you want to just sort of start there when you're like, yeah, <laughs> I, it feels like Take us back. years ago. Okay. We are going back. It is not to age myself. It is 2006. We are thriving in Winnipeg. We've graduated high school and we are like, what do we do? And I never really had any kind of like, I want to be an actor. I want to be a comedian like in university, I was going the route of maybe journalism, but like writing, creative writing or like formal writing. That's kind of what I wanted to do and where I started. And then because I had done some theater in high school, I was like, I'll just take a theater class just as my elective or whatever for like general crap arts degree, like literally does nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I really liked it. Then I met Nikki and then we, uh, ended up doing the honors program there, like an honors acting program, which was a four year, four year program. And even when I was there though, I was still like, 
this isn't quite my judge. Like I just knew I wasn't going to be like this classical trained actor, but I think I had like convinced myself that that's what I should be doing. So that's kind of what I was studying, mm-hmm. even though like deep down I was like, this isn't like, girl, this is not us. This is not okay. what we're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And so but also like Winnipeg is very much like a theater town. Like I would say their comedy community is quite small, even though it's really vibrant. And like the people that do comedy there are really great and really successful. It's not as big as it is here. So I would have never found like a comedic voice, I think, if I stayed there. Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty thankful that I left. And then when I moved here, I started taking classes at Second City and I was like, oh, this is what I'm supposed to do. Like take that theater training that I have, but use it to actually go through this medium instead of trying to be in like a Chekhov play. It's like, come mm-hmm. on now. Like no one's, we're not, we're not doing mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And then it's kind of just been nonstop ever since, but that was, that was the journey. Mm-hmm. So what I read on the Second City website when I just like typed mm. in your name was that you moved to mm. Toronto in 2017, and that didn't seem right to yeah. me. It's because there was a nervous breakdown in between, which we are forgetting. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're forgetting the nervous breakdown. Yes. So in I want to say 2014, maybe I moved here. And was here for about a year and just like felt so awful. I wasn't doing, I hadn't done any Second City or any, anything really. I took a few film classes, but like didn't do a thing. for two years and then came back in 2017 really feeling more like myself. And then that's when everything started. So I count, I don't really count that first go because I just Mm -hmm. kind of like worked at a restaurant, like a sushi restaurant with Nikki and, and we never crossed paths there, but. No, we didn't. But Connie and I also worked at that first. That first. Let's just just say the name. Um, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> that that first that first amazing. So place. I can only imagine that that yeah added to your yes, depre- that depression. Hundred percent, hundred percent. That was not not a cause. Um. Mm-hmm. So yeah, in 2017 when I came back, that's when I felt really like, oh, now I actually feel present here, as opposed to the first time where I just like did nothing, mm-hmm. knew no one, and was like, I can't be here anymore. Yeah. So oh, yeah. when you first moved to Toronto in 2014, yeah. was that the uh-huh. first time you'd ever been away from Winnipeg and from home? No, I had um, 
Okay, like should we three-way Nikki on this call? Like I, so I was telling, people. I was making like, so many jokes with her. I was like, I'm just gonna have you on speaker, honestly, because she refuses to do an episode with me until she's like, I don't know what when I she's gonna know. feel comfortable. But I was like, Nikki, can I just buzz you in? Like, honestly, honestly. <laughs> um, so we worked at a dinner theater in Winnipeg. In yes, that, in that sweet, theater. that sweet early to mid. 2006 to 12 in that time we worked at this dinner theater so I had been doing some shows there and like so traveled and lived in Alberta for six months um a couple of times over the course of a few years um and I had done a show in Toronto even though I was living in Winnipeg so I'd been here before mm-hmm. and I lived in Alberta so I kind of like worked outside of Winnipeg but I've never lived anywhere for like an extended period of time mm-hmm. Yeah. Until that I was curious too, because I know that you, like you were saying, you needed a support system and just telling from conversations that we had and Instagram posts that you make, you're pretty close with your family. Yes. I'm super close mm -hmm. with my family. Mm -hmm. And it was one of those things that like, I, not that they had ever put any pressure on me to succeed. Like they're not those kinds of people. They're just like, whatever you want, as long as you're happy. But I felt like the first time that I came here, like that I had so much to prove. Like I felt like I had to prove to my family, like I'm going to make it. And I feel like I had to prove it to these people in Winnipeg that they didn't do anything to me, but I had this like story in my head that they didn't think I was good enough or they didn't think that I had a place in their community, even though it's not true. It's just like the stories we tell ourselves when we're yes. insecure, or scared or whatever. So I was like, had this whole narrative in my head of like, fuck all of them. Like I'm going to show them. And then I came here and like deteriorated. And so it was really like going back home with my tail between my legs in my own head. No one mm-hmm. cared. Cause like, who am I? Like, no one was like, ha ha ha, like such an ego to think anyone would be like, give me two seconds of thought. But to me, I was like, oh man, I am so embarrassed cause I failed, but I didn't even really do anything. So it was this like whole bullshit in my head, but I definitely felt like, um, I really wanted to go home. I missed my family. Um, I missed that security and like the relationships and and few friendships that I had here in that time, I just felt like I was putting so much pressure on them to like fill that void mm. that it was like those relationships couldn't sustain my like crumbling in front of them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I was like, my family just like has to deal with me and like has to take care of me no matter what. So I can go there like, <laughs> okay, we will recharge and come back. Yeah. It's good of yeah. you to be able to say that to yourself because I mean, I think about it for myself all the time where, especially last year, I had this like huge, when I was moving, when Nikki moved out, Nikki and I used to be roommates. Connie knows this, but I'm just going to share so people are listening if they forgot that (laughs) bit of information. But when Nikki moved out in September, um, the house sort of slowly started falling apart, like things sort of started to happen with the apartment. And I was like, man, I, I moved away from Waterloo when I was 19. I finished university and I'm still here and nothing's really happening. And it's so expensive. And Waterloo's only an hour and a half away. It's not like a flight to Winnipeg. Yeah. So I kept just being having this battle being like, 
am I a failure if I go back? What am I going to do? Like, I can't just be a barista in Waterloo. You can, but like exactly like you're saying, we tell ourselves these things that you're like, I will, I can't possibly this, or like, I'm going to look like this, or people are going to think this about me. And it's it's so fucked up mm because it's just all in our head. Like that's the thing is that it's like, there's no reality in it, but no, continue. And also just like you're saying, it's very blatantly, nobody fucking cares at all. No, no one cares about you. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone cares about themselves and not in a bad way, but it's like, stay la vie. I don't live my life thinking about other people. I'm like really... I don't know, maybe that's like selfish, but I feel like every no. person is not concerned with everyone else. So it's like, yeah. oh, like mm-hmm. check your ego. No one cares about you. Just mm-hmm. get your shit together. And also the thing that I always try and remind myself is when I have friends come to me and say like how they're feeling about where they are in their life, am I, would I ever in my life be like, you're right, you're a piece of shit. Legit. Like, you're, like you're, you're, you should just move back. And like yeah. call it what you would never say that, nor no. would you ever actually believe that. Exactly. Because it's crazy to say that to someone. Totally. You know? <laughs> so good of you for going back and recharging. And then obviously it paid off because you were able to come back and sort of find yeah. what you really needed to be doing, which was going and doing classes at Second City and making yeah. your way up in that world. But before we yeah. talk about that, like I know that you have some experience with having different agents and that's something that I'm yeah. sort of like curious about because yeah. I mean, do I have an agent? Hard to say because I've been to one audition in yes. a year. Yes. Yes. So me, me and you have sort of similar backgrounds where like we both went to school for this thing. And then yeah. there's sort of like a, after this, you like get an agent. So I kind of yeah. want to know yeah. what your process was in getting an agent. Mm-hmm. And then when you knew that you needed a new one. Totally. Um, so in that like first blip, like pre-crisis, I had <laughs> an agent um, and and there was nothing going on. Like, um, they didn't really send me out like for, I didn't really feel like what I was being sent out for was what I wanted to do. And I, I kind of knew right away that the vibe wasn't right, but it was one of those things. Like I was 23 NT and I was like, <laughs> I just am so desperate to have an agent. Cause that to me means like success. Yes. So I was like, one person looked at me, cool, let's do it. Like I, <laughs> I didn't have the confidence in myself to be like, no, I think I, I can hold out and like deserve maybe someone better or uh, not even that there weren't a good agent, just like our connection wasn't, wasn't right. Mm-hmm. And so when everything imploded in my life, I just sent them an email and was like, hi, I'm moving to Winnipeg. Uh, nervous breakdown by like do not contact me and they were like great so that was so like it was very like I gave zero fucks when I left which is like something I regret truly like I didn't have to be so like bye like Mm -hmm. I could have been a bit more tactful respectful of the actual like relationships in my life but I was so desperate to leave that I was like fuck it so that's Mm -hmm. a regret Um, but then when I came back, um, I felt really like I had done the work in those two years when I was in Winnipeg to like, ask myself, what do I want? How do I, how am I going to get it? 
do I actually think that I am like deserving of the kind of life I want to have? And I was like, yes, yes, yes. So the when I or the way I went about getting my agent now, who I absolutely um, it had actually really timed out that I was doing some work at Second City at the time when I was looking. So I did a lot of research and like the kinds of people that were already on certain rosters, like people that I thought I, not even that I was similar to, but I was like, if they can work with this person, I feel like we would get along. Like, okay. And I um, had some mutual friends in the like comedy scene that were with my now agent. Mm-hmm. And so I sent her an email and was like, Hey, I don't know if you're interested in like repping new talent or if you're free or whatever, but I'll comp you to this show at second city that I'm doing. If you want to come just check me out, like worst case scenario, you get a comp to the show and best case mm-hmm. we can work together. Mm-hmm. Um, and she ended up coming, which was great. And then that night she was like, let's do this. And it was great. And then it was pretty much like set from that night. And then we've, we like just had our one year anniversary. Um, and it's been great. Like it's been such a night and day difference from that first agent. And like, again, no criticism of that first agent. It just like, wasn't a fit, but mm. I feel like when we're young, we're so like someone see me yes. that it's like, you don't maybe factor in those like bigger picture things. Cause it's just like, I graduated. I need something to do. The first person who said yes, I'll go for it. Mm-hmm. And like, I feel like now the relationship with I, what I have with my agent is very much like we're a team and we work with each other and we work for each other. As opposed mm-hmm. to my first agent, I always felt like, did I do good? Are you proud? Like, mm-hmm. do you like me? Like, I just want to yeah. make you happy as opposed to being like, no, we, we work together. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that was that. I love that. I love, yeah. I love hearing that. I love hearing that you, you said it really well because that has completely been my experience. I mean, yeah. I'm still in the phase of like having that, you know, like you said, someone, de- somebody see me. Cause I was exactly yeah. like that. The first person that said yes to me, I was like, Oh yeah. And now I have like some kind of validation and then nothing totally. happens for a year and you're like, Oh, this meant nothing. Like these are just paper and words and me trying to fill my ego and my head up and it doesn't matter. So I'm hopefully going to be able to go down the path that you did and be able to find somebody that I can work with like, a, you know, yeah. together. Um, but that's great. I'm happy for you that you have her and that it's been working for you. And I know yeah. that you landed. So let's go present day. You landed a spot in the Second City main stage musical. Is am I saying this all correctly? Yes, it's like this all the same words, but <laughs> okay. yes. So, <laughs> <laughs> so um, the way Second City works is they have like different companies uh, within the company. Like uh, Second City as a business, let's say, has different performing companies within it. So in terms of like a tier system, let's say like main stage is the Tuesday to Sunday, you're going there at eight o'clock, you're seeing the same cast do a show that they've written. That's like the, the resident company, top tier. We'll we'll Mm -hmm. go top tier. 
<laughs> then um, I would say, again, not beneath, not less good, just a different company is the, the national touring company. So they are another cast that take material from like main stages, like the history of Second City, and they'll take sketches from shows past and tour them around. So you could be in a smaller town, you could be in Owen Sound, Ontario, and Second City will come to your theater and put on a show. Um, so they tour around, kind of doing what the main stage company does. Um, this musical thing that would be happening, right? Would be actually, would be happening right now. Because um, it's 450, um, but we, it never ends up happening because of this whole shenanigans in the world um is the equivalent of the touring company in terms of it's like placement within the bigger picture mm -hmm. um but it would have been and hopefully one day will be um uh like half improvised half uh sketch musical comedy show so it'll be um musical improv um, but it'll also be like songs that have been in other shows in the past, um, mm -hmm. kind of all mixed together. And then that will be on the main stage, hopefully one day. <laughs> but yeah, I, I got cast in that um, earlier in the spring. Mm -hmm. And we were supposed to open on April 18th. Mm -hmm. So that didn't happen. Um, but we're like really lucky because a lot of people's contracts around the country, around the world, um, were just straight up canceled. Um, Second City, thankfully, just has postponed us to whenever it'll open up again and then we can do it. So all's not lost. It's just kind of put on hold. But yeah, I would have been doing that right now. And how long would that show run for or might run for? Um, so it would have been running until September. It would have been oh, like wow. a spring and summer, like a six-month uh, spring and summer contract. So mm -hmm. who knows? Like maybe they'll just, again, no one can say because it's all so up in the air, but mm -hmm. it'd be great if they could just do it next summer in the mm -hmm. same spot. But mm -hmm. who knows, man? Mm -hmm. yeah. And what, what did they sort of say? Like once they realized, well, okay, so this isn't happening. Did you yeah. get like, you know, a team Zoom call? Did you get yes, like an email? Yes. Like what, what was it? What was that like to be like, I, I'm so sorry, but we have to cancel this show? Yeah. I mean, so a few of us that were cast in that show had actually been doing um, another show together at the time um, at Second City. So we'd kind of been talking like, hey, if this thing starts to get a bit more serious, we may not you know, we might be delayed on the show. So it was already kind of in the air at the theater. And then the theater just like uh, started reducing its capacity. And we're like, oh, okay, we're, this might be serious. And then it would get reduced more and they would take tables out of the space. So people weren't mm -hmm. near each other at all. And we're like, wow, okay, this is eerie. Like, this is way more serious than we thought. So basically, as soon as uh, the theater closed they had they hadn't really said a date that they were going to open again but they were like we're just going to close to see what this actually becomes so they weren't even sure and then i think mm -hmm. once 
all the other theaters started making their moves and being like, Mervish is canceling their season and so-and-so's canceling their season. It was like, oh, there's no way we're opening a show in three weeks. Like, that's not a thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So then we all got on a Zoom call and the producers Mm -hmm. were just like, hey, we're going to postpone the show, but like, chin up, we're going to, like, we will do this show one day and, but we just don't know when. So it was all really positive and they handled it Mm -hmm. really respectfully and we're also bummed of course because they were really yeah. excited about it too so yeah it's it's shitty for everybody but um they were really cool about it and that mm-hmm. was it just a little zoom call and we were all like okay bye yeah <laughs> and then on uh, on what would have been our opening a few of us like messaged each other like happy opening oh. like sad so yeah um we're all pals. So it's also nice to just have that support mm-hmm. of like, isn't it crazy that we'd be doing a show right now, but instead yeah. we're at our houses. Cool. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> um, I was talking to Steven, another friend of ours yes. who lives with me now. Um, yes. And he told me that he has been still auditioning while this has all been happening. He's gone to yeah. three auditions. Have you yeah. been auditioning in this time? Yeah. I've had to make a bunch of tapes, which was actually really nice um because it seems like everybody in the industry is like really accommodating right now in a way that they never are in person (laughs) like I think there's like such an expectation of when you show up in that room like Mm -hmm. you better be fucking on but then all the like (laughs) copy that's coming with these auditions are like we understand it's a trying time whatever you can put together <laughs> we don't care if we the camera's blurry we don't care like and I'm like Amazing. okay so it's interesting how people's like compassion <laughs> uh levels have changed but yeah I've had to make a few tapes which has been nice to have something to kind of connect to the outside world because there was like a, a chunk of time there where I was like we're never gonna get to do this again movies and tv are over it's it 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 ended now we all just have to be weird (laughs) people um so it was nice that uh, that there's some little like flickers of hope to be like okay someone is thinking that something might happen one day so that's Mm -hmm. comforting so everyone I've had to do I've been like sweet I'm happy to do this because I feel like it's putting like coins in the bank of a future like opportunity of things starting Mm -hmm. up again but it's definitely weird like I can't imagine what everyone's like setups and stuff are mine's just like because I usually go to Nikki's house and yeah yeah film something so I was like okay here's a bunch of bookshelves and my phone and like a weird candle and like trying to (laughs) fucking make it look good but yeah I like that you brought um, up what the experience is like and how everyone's giving you compassion. Because I wanted to ask you too, yeah. if how do you find that traditional audition experience that you were sort of touched on? Do you think it is like the craziest thing or do you find it like you're, you're down to play this game? <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. Like I, like, I wish I could be one of those people like, there are so many, I don't know if it was Brian Cranston or someone of that like level was like, when I go into an audition room, <laughs> I, 
it's not my job to cast the role. It's just my job to play the role. And this may be my only two minutes to ever be this character. So I'm going to, I'm, I'm just like, fuck you. Like, <laughs> I wish I could do Like, I wish mm-hmm. that that was my thing. Like, Oh fuck. Like I just, I'm going to get to be, um, receptionist for mm. two minutes or like, Oh my gosh, the role of reporter. Like, Mm-hmm. I, I just need to be a reporter. It's like, no, we are all here to like play a fucking game. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the times it's about how you look. Like, mm. especially for, I mean, like, thankfully now I'm, I'm kind of past, um, not past, but like I've, I'm now auditioning for bigger roles, which is really nice. But mm-hmm. in the beginning it would be like, um, here's your files, Dan. Like any fucking person yeah. can say that. Like, mm-hmm. So it's comical that you're calling in 30 comedian females to all be like, here's your, like, everyone can do that. So it's Mm -hmm. basically how you look, the energy that you have, which again is valid for sure. But Mm -hmm. it definitely is like a grind you have to get through. Like if you can get past that part and, and realize like, this is part of the game. This is part of the game. I have Mm -hmm. to like lay the foundation mm-hmm. um you know and like same with if you've ever auditioned for commercials like you'll you'll just go there and like pretend to sip out of a cup and be like yum and they're like thanks and you're like okay <laughs> yeah. so it's all a part of the game um but that's why you have to be thinking like short term and long term and um i'm i'm down like i'm down to play the <laughs> like i'm so down because i also am like we all know this is ridiculous, right? Like, yeah, yeah, We all yeah. know this is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I wish I could be a person that was so like, I am, this is the craft. This is the, mm-hmm. like, this is my <laughs> moment to be this person. And like, I, I just mm-hmm. am not that way. I'm just, and not that I don't have respect for it. I absolutely do. But I also yeah. am like, come on now though. yeah. So yeah. it's definitely a balance for sure. Mm-hmm. I'm like wondering too if like I've had other people say before too that they'll go to like a third audition for a commercial mm-hmm. and they traveled like 45 minutes to do exactly what you said, yeah. like do the same thing they did the first time. And they're like, could I not have like recorded myself doing this? Or like, could right. you not yeah. walk back what I did before? Yeah. So I am wondering if, they are going to be a little bit more lenient in that way or things. Are I don't know. Change. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's hard to say it's hard to say, but I think it's mm-hmm. inevitable. Like some things mm-hmm. will have to change for mm-hmm. sure. Um, but yeah, you, yeah, it's just all part of the game, like the traveling mm-hmm. and the, mm-hmm. but it's one of those things that it's like, you do all of that. 10 times, 20 times, 30 times. And then the one that does work out makes it all worth it. Mm-hmm. So it's exactly. kind of like you have to hold out and commit and, and like, you know, be ready. Um, or what is it like? Stay ready. So you don't have to get ready. Like that <laughs> whole thing is my, like <laughs> my MO is like, if I get something, I'm going to fucking know it so that it's all worth it. Like, cause mm-hmm. if I'm underprepared or if I don't know my stuff, that's, that's on me. 
Mm-hmm. So then it's for sure a waste of time. Like I had to go to freaking the East End to not know my lines. Like, yeah. no. <laughs> if I'm taking the <laughs> queen car, I'm knowing my lines. So yeah. Yeah. Um, have you watched Never Have I Ever on Netflix? No, but it is in my queue because everyone's saying it's so good. And the lead yes. girls from Mississauga. Mississauga. Yeah. Which is huge. Like, yeah, huge. Crazy. Very exciting. Yeah, I'm very excited to see it. Yeah, I definitely want you to watch that. Both Nikki and I, she binged it in a night. She did. I, yeah. She was like, I yeah. finished it. It's great. I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I binged it. I went to bed. I woke up, finished the last two episodes. Okay, great. And I definitely also think it's wonderful. And it's just like, it's such a weird thing the way that I think about Toronto now. I'm like, when I see people like write, like for just example on like Instagram, people will write things like, oh, one day I'm going to live in Toronto or mm-hmm. something like that. Or like you see it on social media, whatever, or like TikToks of people like living their life in Toronto and yeah. they have like the CN Tower and it has like 50,000 views. And I'm just like, what is this? Yeah. But then I, like it actually makes me feel sort of like, like proud. I'm like, you know what? We do live in like such a great city. We all came from somewhere that wasn't this like small towns, small cities where like everybody looked like you or like you didn't fit in or like everyone has their story. And Mm -hmm. now we're like literally trying to just like make it in a big city and just trying to pursue the things that we've always wanted. And it is really nice to think about it and be like, I'm actually in a place that I didn't think I would have been if I looked back like six years ago. Totally. Like I'm that kid that was like, one day I'm going to be in Toronto. And even if I'm just like working at a barista or I'm a server, like I'm going to be going to my auditions and, and now you're doing it. And it's like, I think we forget how much we wanted this when we were like totally younger because now we're just living it. But it is something to look back on and be like, oh my God, I actually like did what I said I was going to do. Yes. Yes, totally. Mm -hmm. I, um, I have, I have this journal, but it's not like a straight up journal. It's just like one line a day. You just, it like prompts you with a question, but it's for five years. So it asks you like every day the same, no, I'm wording this wrong. It's like, there's room on each page for five years worth of answers. And you fill out one a day. So you see every day what you wrote the year before. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So, okay. Like, does that make sense? I'm yes, wording it weird. So it's like, you know, on December 31st, it'll be like, what do you want this next year to be for you? And then you, every time you go back to it, you see your answers from years before, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like totally what you were saying. Like three years ago, I was like, I hope I can get back to Toronto because I'm leaving now and I feel like a piece of shit, but I hope I can get back there. And Mm -hmm. then like this year is like, uh, you know, the goals were totally different. And I was looking back and I was like, dang, like, good for you, girl. Like you did it. Like you, you did the thing you wanted to do. And I think you're totally right. Like we sometimes forget what we have now is what we wanted so mm-hmm. it's a good like check-in to not take stuff for granted because you're like oh my god two years ago I would like want nothing I mean obviously not right now but like <laughs> yeah you know this is all we wanted and now that we have mm-hmm. it it sometimes is hard to remember that version of yourself who was like this is so exciting mm-hmm. totally yeah. um okay I think that that's like a really nice place 
for us huh. to end. Huh. Um, what a fast hour. Yeah, it was a fast hour. Oh um, I do like to just say, um, like ask my, the people, I haven't done this in so long. This is so exciting oh for me. But just to say for like, people listening, what mm. is your like word of advice for people? Let me think of something more specific, like yeah. safer. Th- let's be talking about Corona. Like it's a very uncertain time. Mm-hmm. Being an actor is already so uncertain. And I have a feeling that you have no, you haven't spent these last 54 days Googling colleges to completely change your career to become like a massage therapist. You know what I mean? No, ma'am. No, ma'am. So what, what is it in you that regardless of, we don't know how long COVID's going to last. You don't know if there's going to be an industry. It's probably going to be even, you know, harder than it was before. What is it in you that is like, you look past all that and you're like, well, I still know what I want to do and this is why. Hmm. I think that, um, like, there's never going to be a good time. Like, obviously not, I mean, hopefully we don't deal with these huge history world making events from now till the end of our lives. Like, hopefully not. But it's never a good time to be an artist. It's never a good time. There's never going to be... Uh, you know, like, wow, we are all really killing it right now. It's always going to like ebb and flow. So it's just kind of like, you know, 2019 was a really great year. And I thought as most people did 2020, it was going to be our year. And then it straight up was not. Mm -hmm. So it's like, okay, but I can also say that about the 10 years that I was in Winnipeg feeling Mm -hmm. like a bag of shit like mm-hmm. not working then either, but I still persevered. And I feel like, like, obviously I'm f- fearful, but also curious about what this new world is going to be because like theater and art and comedy and all those things have survived so many things. And I'm like, mm-hmm. this fucking virus isn't going to change <laughs> is it going to take it away? It's just going to change mm-hmm. how it is presented. Right. And yeah. so I or think how we that, consume it. Exactly. And mm-hmm. so I think I'm just trying to focus on like, this is going to sound so stupid, but I always feel like I have, like everyone's like the voice inside your head. Right. Like I feel mm-hmm. very connected to that voice. And so I'm always like, girl, we have been through so much already. Like this virus is not going to knock us out like Mm -hmm. and so I'm always just like checking in with that voice and being like no okay some days are going to be harder than others but ultimately I would be so disappointed and unhappy with myself if I gave up because of this Mm -hmm. like you know what I mean I'd be like Mm -hmm. no like if I'm gonna go down I'm gonna go (laughs) down like fighting so hard and then just hope that I don't know what typing job shows up in my lap. I don't know. But like, I, yeah, I just, like artists persevere. And I feel like we're mm-hmm. not going to go down without a fight. So mm-hmm. this virus, um, and like also I'm super fucking privileged, right? Like I'm not mm-hmm. 
so it's also easy, right? Like if I mm-hmm. was in a different situation, maybe I would be like, oh my God, I have, you know, a child or I have yes, a yes. marriage or I have a house or like mm-hmm. all of these things. Like I'm so blessed to have zero responsibilities right now. And I'm very thankful for that because mm-hmm. it's made this whole time so much easier. Mm-hmm. So I really we have a country that the government gives us money to be able to yeah. survive until we you can know? work again. And we're, you know, yeah, absolutely. It's important so, to be like, we are so privileged. We are so blessed. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. And so that's the thing is it's like, um, I'm, a, I'm lucky in this situation and a lot of people aren't. So it's not fair for me to be like, well, I'm giving up. It's like, mm-hmm. no, you literally are being given money right now to do your part and stay home. Like, fuck you. You can't quit. Like that would be so lame Mm -hmm. and like weirdly disrespectful to people that are like really having such a hard time right now. You know what I mean? So I just feel like, cool. I'm really privileged right now and always am. So I might as Mm -hmm. well. Yeah. Like not, not give up. Cause that would be lame. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, Connie. Yeah. Thank oh. you so much. Thank um, you, my queen. <laughs> I hope everyone made it to the end of the podcast. I'm so excited that Who I would say. Yeah. <laughs> they may so have been glad. like, she had a nervous breakdown. We're turning out. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the first couple minutes. Yeah. We mentioned it right away. <laughs> Love. Um, uh, but yeah, if you guys made it to the end of the podcast, I'm so happy. I'm so happy that I'm still able to do this and finding a different way and that people are so you know, willing to do this, which has been awesome. And hopefully it can continue. But again, I want to say thank you to Connie. And if you made it to the end, please like or subscribe or do something, which is awesome. (laughs) You don't have to, but you know, I love to say it. And um, yeah, guys, we'll talk to you soon. Okay, bye bye. It's psychological hustle, I gotta battle these comments Like the kick and the muscle, they keep on bursting my bubble Now every morning when I wake up, only me in the huddle So batter up, batter up, you know I'm hitting the double You know I'm running the bases, I know I gotta embrace it Like a girl without a top, just kinda sitting on your lap Boy, what you do, girl, I rap, I rap nasty Maybe one day I'll say chase to the paparazzi it's psychological hustle, be prepared for anything and everything, it'll tear you down, it'll tear you down, it's psychological hustle, psychological hustle, psychological